of today, WHR. We're so pleased to be St. Mary's Spirit of Women Network sponsoring Sparkle 2017. And nobody's sparkling more tonight than Robin Sills because she is looking at an event that she has planned that is turning out to be just a marvelous evening. And I've got to tell you, everybody's been coming up to you, Robin, saying this is so well put together. There are so many people here. The doctors have arrived early, and everyone has a smile on their face. They do, and I am just so proud speaking show which airs tonight so we were so happy to be able to do it at the same time it worked synchronicity. out that way. synchronicity <laughs> so we're excited so throughout tonight we will be bringing some of the physicians here um, to meet with you Larry and so people in our community can know what kind of incredible services we have here in Waterbury absolutely and you are the only spirit of women member hospital in the entire state of Connecticut what does that really signify so this, we are the only spirit of women hospital in this area and it's a national organization that really focuses on the health of women in your community and it's a partnership with them they provide us with a blueprint of ideas and ways of having events and programs to better help educate the community about the services you have at your own hospital and right within your community so that you can invite other physicians that may or may not be a hospital owned physician but very much like we have our first guest Dr. Patel who's a community provider who does a lot of things with us at St. Mary's we can invite him to be part of the spirit of women and highlight his services. And why are women's health needs so different? Even when they were passing the Affordable Care Act, uh, there was a, a, a wild discussion, I remember, about women's needs as opposed to men's. What are the differences? I think when you look at women's needs, we tend to be the uh, consumers for health care in our family, number one. And number two, women tend to put themselves and their health care needs at the bottom of the bucket. So we're educating women about the services we have not only for themselves but for their families so by marketing it in this way through spirit of women we can really educate them and say hey look what we have for your family but don't forget about you and kind of do it in a fun way and sparkle does that for us we have almost 800 women here tonight i know that is absolutely remarkable we're at the aquaturf uh in southington plantsville we would invite you to come down but you're all sold out i know there's there's just no no room room. i even have don't have room for my doc's cars but we we got them in and just remind people because people who might think about coming down next year, having heard the broadcast this year, explain what's going to happen here tonight. So what happens with our Sparkle event, we have a lot, we use both ballrooms at the AquaTurf, and we fill it with community vendors as well as health and healing programs, uh, community partners such as the, y, as the Y, all the different St. Mary's services we have, um, different physicians in our community. And then we have this room that we're in right now that's called Dessert with the Docs. And women get to come in here as part of the night um, they're able to have a specialty dessert um, with physicians and the specialty dessert is really created for that specialty so as an example Dr. Patel ha- is part of interventional spine spine and sports he has little pain pills band-aid cookies so really neat dark things. chocolate dark variety, chocolate, dark chocolate. Um, but they get to meet and greet with physicians right here and learn more about them and what they have to offer you know what's amazing when we were doing National Hospital Week earlier in the week at St. Mary's uh, it was really interesting to me to see the leadership of the hospital so well represented in terms of female leaders, spiritually and medically. 
yeah, we're, we're really excited to be a strong presence in Trinity Health New England, and we are definitely a force to be reckoned with. Absolutely. Well, Robin, why don't you introduce us to our first guest? Yes, our first guest is Dr. Bahavish Patel. He is the founder, actually, of Interventional Spine and Sport. He is in the Middlebury area, um, right on Straits Turnpike, and also has an office in the Prospect Building where we have some providers. So Dr. Patel is one of the first docs who said, yes, I want to come tonight. So Dr. Patel, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm going to slide the mic over to him so he can tell him about himself. Sure. Uh, It's a great pleasure. Thank you for inviting me to this uh, special event. Uh, it's been near and dear to my heart. Um, as you know, being in the St. Mary's uh, Hospital uh, system in the Waterbury area for almost 17 years now, after finishing my fellowship um, in 2002, uh, I came to Connecticut, and uh, we've been treating and helping you know our greater Waterbury area patients with any kind of musculoskeletal or orthopedic uh, problems or spinal problems that need uh, non-surgical treatment um, with it may be physical therapy or an injection to help their pain so they can do better in physical therapy and, and move on um, it's been a it's, it's a tremendous honor to be part of such a you know a great health system and now with Trinity Health coming uh, I think it's just going to make us even uh, you know make us even stronger and uh, being part of the community uh, it does make us feel proud to be such a um, you know a, a cog in uh, you know, and provide care for all our, our residents and our patients. So, you know, if anybody has any troubles with their spine or, you know, have, a, have a, has a herniated disc or any kind of shoulder or knee or back problems, we certainly are able to evaluate them and, and take care of them and then uh, hopefully get them in, uh, to road to recovery um, and get them uh, a speedy health uh, and, and recovery and relief of their pain. Robin, it doesn't seem as if you can find anybody who doesn't have some issue related to their back. Mm. And uh, you must hear it all the time, and people worry. They really don't want to go into surgery. They want everything short of that. How likely is that for most people with the problems they have? Sure. Most of the back problems are usually, you know, when we do a thorough evaluation, I mean, if you took 100 people, um, 99% of them are going to be able to, you know, get better with either um, analgesics, physical therapy, exercise, and if they get into trouble, um, then we may do a, a, a procedure like a steroid injection to get relief their pain so they can partake in their exercise program because really being active, being mobile, being able to do your stretches in, the, in a home exercise program is, is, is what really maintains a, a, a good healthy spine. So in that respect, physical therapy, you know, even chiropractic at some times are, are very beneficial to get that springboard effect for the patient to get into a good home exercise program. All right. Well, we thank you so much for coming by, right, Robin? Yeah, absolutely. Dr. Patel, thank you so much. Always an incredible partner in our community. Thank you. So we're going to move right on because we're lining our physicians up. So <laughs> next right. is Dr. Chatty oh, Macaroon. Dr. Macaroon. <laughs> We've spoken before. Always good to see you. How are you? So Dr. Macaroon is one of our surgeons with the Franklin Medical Group, and he is located, and I apologize for the overhead. Um, we have some overhead no, sounds going on, so I apologize. Um, so Dr. Macaroon is a vascular surgeon. He's in charge of our bariatric program at St. Mary's, one of our biggest bariatric surgeons. It provides robotic surgery, and he's also a vascular expert where he does incredible vein therapy out of his um, location in Middlebury. So, Dr. Macaroon, thank you for joining us tonight. I'm going to slide the mic over again. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. 
And we've talked in the past about bariatric surgery, and it's one of those things a lot of people hear about. They don't quite understand. How far have we come as it relates to bariatrics? Oh, we've come quite far at St. Mary's. I think we're one of the mo- the busiest hospitals, you know, in a, really? almost all, all of Connecticut. Um, now we do most of our surgeries with the, with the help of the robot. Um, we provide everything between uh, doing sleeves, gastric bypasses, lab bands, even now putting the balloon, which all people are trying to uh, ask about, to help in losing weight. So we've gone quite far. I think people want to know how long does it last or what do people have to do to maintain the weight that they uh, finally attain? What, what is it they have to do? You know, you know, you're, you're correct. Uh, in order for you to, to achieve and to, to maintain the weight, you have to follow up certain instructions. It's not a quick fix that people think. I'm going to do the surgery. I'm going to lose the weight. I'm going to, it's going to be, that's it. You know, I'll eat. I'm, I'm fine. You have to always know that it's a life, lifestyle change. You have to always eat healthy. You have to always eat certain at certain times. You have to train yourself. You have to train your brain. When can you eat? And then you're not snacking and, you know, going to unhealthy diet and quick fast food. It's not, it's not there anymore. And it is there maybe, you know, for a certain level, but not like it used to be before when they had gained all the weight. There's a lot of hydration, exercise. Uh, so it's a main, major lifestyle change. When we talk about vascular issues, vein-related issues, what mostly do you see or what do people come to you with? And I think women, of course, have to pay a lot of attention to these issues. Correct. And again, I'd like to correct that thing. I'm not a vascular surgeon, but I do a lot of vascular procedures and mainly veins. And the reason I acquired that part is most of my patients, most of my bariatric patients, one of the main things that they have is after carrying that weight for so long is they start having that those big veins. They lose the weight, then they suddenly start complaining of restless leg syndrome, pain at night, uh, swelling, uh, numbness. All of these are related to vein, believe it or not. And sometimes if you leave it unattended, they might lead to ulcerations, to skin changes in the leg, and definitely those ugly veins. So I picked that part, and um, I've been treating them for a while. Um, you know, it is it is really good. Patients really love it. There's multiple approaches for it between injections, um, catheter ablation, um, and now there's a new procedure where we can put we can literally seal the vein. So it's a good thing, and it's it added up to the bariatric process. If people want to reach you or your office, how can they do that? Well, we're part of Franklin. You can can be called through the hospital, and they can you know get hold of us. They can know how to reach us. Or I'm in Middlebury. Um, I'm 590 uh, Middlebury Road in Middlebury. And again, you need. Can I share my phone number? Two zero three seven zero nine three five seven. Let's not hide it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Thank Dr. Macaroon. Always a pleasure. Thanks a lot. I'll tell you, you have some of the most articulate doctors. I've got to say this. We have really, the best. They are great. So, um, just as a just as an aside, so if you want to learn more about our physicians, you can definitely go on our St. Mary's Hospital website, stmh.org, and if you click up at the top, Franklin Medical Group, it will take you right to the Franklin Medical Group website and then you can click on the specialties and if you click on surgical care it will give you a list of all of our surgeons including Dr. Macaroon and one of our very newest surgeons at St. Mary's Hospital who just came over to join us Dr. Shohan Shetty and is this one part of the husband and wife dynamic duo yes (laughs) who's just walked into the room his beautiful wife Dr. Shilpa Shetty well perhaps to tell you I was in a little cahoots with Dr. Shetty to get his wife here 
but it worked. Yes. But it worked. So his wife will be joining us in, in just a few minutes, and she's um, one of our newest endocrinologists, which helped us to really jumpstart our endocrinology program. And she pretty much held us to task to make it right, and we're pretty proud to have her. But he's, there's another guy sitting next to me. Yeah, husband. tell us she's about really, him. So this is Dr. Shohan Shetty, whose specialty is also bariatric surgery. and He's part of our dynamic team of bariatric surgeons, robotically trained. He's also a general surgeon, and we couldn't be more proud to have him. He was actually uh, under Dr. Ritchie's tutelage, correct? Right. You are one of our chief, you are our chief resident in surgery. Let me slide you over. Uh, I trained at St. Mary's. It was a, a general surgery training program, so um, it's, once I did the training uh, here, I went to Dallas for another fellowship, and that was more weight loss surgery and robotic and laparoscopic surgery, and uh, came back here. And uh, it's been about 18 months now, and uh, yeah, really uh, excited to be here and doing really uh, uh, exciting stuff and um, our bariatric program is really top-notch it's a center of excellence uh, which not every program in Connecticut or in America is we match all the uh, the guidelines and the standards set up by the uh, um, you know the uh, ASMBS which is a good website to go to ASMBS.org um, so you know what? What we do is we have a, a you know multidisciplinary uh, team. We have the full package. We have nutritionists in-house. Um, we have you know, um, you know uh, good pulmonologists and cardiac people, um, and we we are a full team. And uh, you know we have even our our um, your hospital beds are equipped to take care of of the. Uh, uh, you know, of this demographic, and um, you know, this program started in 2004, and uh, we're actually one of the uh, highest volume centers in Connecticut. Yeah, that's and what we understand. Is obesity a, a, a major problem in our region, or how do you define uh, no. demographically? Yes, well, actually, Connecticut doesn't stand out as one of the high, um, you know, obese population uh, demographics here. But what we what we've noticed is we we target about one percent of the entire people who qualify uh, mm-hmm. for the surgery. So definitely the the awareness is not there, and uh, we just need to target more uh, more people. The the real benefit from this operation is is not just you looking better, but it's also the benefits in health. And so once your health gets better. Doing day-to-day activities get easier, and uh, your you know your lifespan also goes up by about 12 years. That's that's one of the studies that we've seen. So you know it's it's, uh, it's not just the cosmesis or the cosmetic aspect of it, but it's the health benefit from it. Oh, absolutely. And I know that you and your wife had many choices as to where you could practice medicine. You decided to come back to this community, to St. Mary's Hospital, Trinity, New England. And that is a great badge of uh, honor, really, uh, for them to be able to attract both of you to the profession here. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, uh, <laughs> Robin right here was instrumental, actually, in, in getting my wife back. Uh, but, you know, my wife is an endocrinologist, and she does some 
medical weight loss too. Uh, but most of her practice is, you know, diabetes and thyroid, and I'm sure you'll you'll talk to her soon. But this was a great place to work at, and I, because I train at St. Mary's, I know everyone here, and I know how wonderful it is to work here. So, uh, you know, that was the reason we, uh, you know, I kind of convinced my wife to, to get back here, and uh, you know, she's really enjoying it. She's been here about six months, and. You know, she's enjoying her, her work. So. Robin, I can't imagine two doctors being married with the <laughs> schedules. I mean, really, as a human interest. We, uh, we don't talk about work at home. That's, <laughs> that's the one thing we don't do. So. And, and I don't really run into her at work either. She's mostly in the office, and I'm mostly at the hospital. So, yeah. We are very <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Robin. All right. Thank great you. to see you. Thank you. And we do hope to see his wife in uh, just a Yeah, moment. we're definitely going to grab her. We are so, so blessed at St. Mary's. As you can see, we have some incredible young physicians that have been trained by some of our senior physicians in the community, and now it's just carrying it forward. And we are—we have another one of our newest physicians joining us now. Absolutely. This is Dr. Joseph Nanaraj. Dr. Nanaraj, this Hi, is Larry Ritkin. Nice to meet you. Pleasure. So Dr. Nanaraj is a cardiologist here in the greater Waterbury area. He's part of our Franklin Medical Group cardiology team, and you bounce around a bit, right? But we have you in the East Main Street office more, right now? No, both. Both West Main and East Main and West Main. So we have him going back and forth. And again, as I said earlier, for all the physicians for our Franklin Medical Group, please go on stmh.org and definitely um, click on the Franklin Medical Group website and you'll be able to see them. So Dr. Nanaraj is a cardiologist and I'll let you let him tell you his road coming to us. So thank you, Robin, for the introduction. Um, so there's been a pleasure uh, working here for the past uh, nine months at St. Mary's Hospital and knowing everyone. Uh, it has been quite a journey um, <laughs> since I came to U.S. and I did my MD in India, then I my MD again in Griffin Hospital and then fellowship in cardiology at Bridgeport Hospital and Yale System. And then I'm lucky that I joined um, the St. Mary's Hospital Cardiology Group at Franklin Medical Group Cardiology with Dr. Kelly, Dr. Kett, and Dr. Skandra. They're awesome. Everyone is awesome. And uh, I talked to Dr. Skandra the yeah. other day as part of National Hospital Week, and just the chest pain element to all of this and the way you have been acknowledged as St. Mary's for the ability to get people as quickly as possible and yeah. get them the help they need, even en route, yeah. to have the team ready. It's pretty remarkable the way you're doing this and uh, the lives that you're saving yeah thank you yeah so uh, that brings a point um, that I mean time is muscle I mean that's why I mean we value every minute of time and uh, we don't want to delay any patients uh, waiting uh, to be seen or I mean uh, for testing wise or uh, physician very seriously and we take care of the patients right away we were talking the other day about women and heart disease it is the number one killer still among women lots of people know that women hold off they worry about the rest of the family uh, tell us why women should care and know more about the signs and the symptoms of heart disease and pay particular attention to it yeah uh, so women 
Uh, in particular, I mean, as you said, they are more prone for heart disease after a certain age, uh, and they present in an atypical manner as compared to male patients, okay? So sometimes women may not feel the classical chest pain, okay? They may present with shortness of breath or just fatigue or cough, um, so they can have atypical symptoms, and they may ignore that as... Uh, something else, not um, they may not be concerned about the heart, right. but in fact it could be the heart talking to them in, in different kinds of symptoms. So uh, women tend to ignore the symptoms sometimes, discarding that as non-heart related, not heart related, and then they end up with some problems later. Okay, so uh, and then um, women particularly have. Um, delay in accessing medical care too. I mean, they put off things and take care of the families and all those stuff. I mean, they don't seek medical attention right away. So that's another thing which delays them to get care of others rather than themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why, I mean, they take care of us, they take care of the kids and, <laughs> and not themselves. And they, they forget about themselves. And they have the biggest hearts and we yeah. know that. Yeah. And we are seeing that yeah. women really expressing themselves yeah. and so glad to be getting together. Are you looking forward to meeting a lot of folks yeah, this definitely, evening? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to meet everyone. Absolutely. And, They're going to enjoy meeting you. Yeah, that great smile. Dr. Nanaraj has gone out into the community and done really great programs. Oh, for you can so tell. He's, he's got the personality. We have the, we have the friendliest docs. So we have another one that just started with us, I think, sliding in, Dr. Chima. So she'll be coming over to us. Come uh -huh. on over, Doc. Now, wait a this minute. She first... does not yeah, look old is... enough yeah. to be a doctor. Please. This is Dr. Rabia Chima. She's our newest uh, primary care physician, and she is at our um, Cheshire office. Really? Yeah, at 1159, right, on uh, Route 10 And that's a beautiful Cheshire, building, and you're right in the right? middle of everything on Route 10. It's beautiful. And so if you have haven't been to that site. I so encourage the community to go out there and take a look at it because not only do we have Dr. Chima and her partner Dr. John Testa there, but we also have our urgent care center that has X-ray and blood draw, and there's no wait. Yeah, so that's we keep what we're telling told. everybody there's no wait there. <laughs> so we're really trying to really make that office flight, and it's so beautiful. Oh, the absolutely. Great. And you can go to Paul's Luncheonette and get your car washed all at the same time. Right? Sparkle. Sparkle. Right? Isn't sparkle. it Sparkle yeah. Car Wash? I'm going to slide this over so you can meet Dr. Chima. Hello, everyone. Um, I, my name is Rabia Chima. I'm a primary care physician at Cheshire um, Primary Care. Um, as Robin mentioned, it's a beautiful place. You should absolutely stop by to say hi. We have urgent care in the same building. Obviously, blood draws, and as she mentioned, there is no wait time. Um, we try to see our patient as much as possible when our schedule is busy. We do have urgent care right across, so they can go down there for urgent need. Um, obviously, radiology, x-ray, basic stuff is there as well. So it's really convenient, especially for elderly population, people who are mostly located in Cheshire, so they can basically just have everything done in one stop. Um, see your primary care, get your blood work done, x-rays, and that's it. Yeah. And then go for a nice walk nice for walk. your health yeah. on the trail exactly. that has just been converted, yeah. uh, and in, it's right in that area, yeah. the whole rail it's a trail. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's it really beautiful. is. We have physical therapy upstairs. A lot of patients who we do see, if they need to be referred to physical therapy, um, second floor has physical therapy.
therapist as well. Yeah, so it's a beautiful place. Um, everyone loves coming down there. So absolutely schedule your physical, your urgent care, your sick visit with us. Um, you'll be happy. Yeah. Well, tell us how often should we be seeing someone like you, and do people take it for granted and they just don't come as often as they need? Yeah, so I have been actually getting a lot of younger um, patients like who are basically transferring their care from um, their pediatrician to a primary care physician. So obviously they are uh, much healthier, and um, they do ask me how often do I need to be seen, obviously. So we at least tell them for their annual physical exam to make sure they're up to date with their preventive care. Obviously that comes, immunization comes underneath that as well. Um, make sure they're good when they start their colleges. Um, everything needs to be up to date. Um, if someone is obviously a about 40, 45 years old, um, they need to be seen. Exactly, right? Whoa, Robin, <laughs> you just made the cutoff. <laughs> Depend on their comorbidities. Obviously, if someone has like diabetes, hypertension, hypolipidemia, they need to be seen at least like twice a year. Or sometimes, depending how well stable their disease is, we need to be seen like um, they, they need to make more frequent appointments. Um, obviously, when we get into the elder population, someone who is above 70, 80, based on their comorbidities, again, um, they need to be seen uh, more frequent because the whole goal for uh, as a primary care is to keep them out of the hospital, inpatient um, um, hospitalization, unnecessary, which easily can be preventable um, if you treat your patient um, in, a, in a better way. As in, uh, Again, depend like how um, complicated these patients are, um, but um, that's the whole goal is to keep them out of the hospital. Yeah. And Robin, if they go to see her, uh, please don't be shocked when your doctor comes out and looks younger than your daughter don't be shocked <laughs> but i had no idea how incredibly poised she was on the radio so she just bought herself a couple of programs with me oh yeah absolutely <laughs> so absolutely. i'm going to keep you busy so dr chima thank you oh my pleasure thank you thank you doc she is amazing i'm so we're so uh, Blessed. And I know the Cheshire office and urgent care, there really is capacity there. So right. if people are thinking about it or they need some help, uh, get out to Cheshire. Absolutely. And uh, it's wonderful. It really Absolutely. is a beautiful facility. And we have another doctor who's oh, yes, right now. Oh, yes, we do. This is Dr. Annamika Katosh. She is an oncologist here in the greater Waterbury area at the Lever Center. She works for Smilo. And hi, Doc. Hello. Thank you so much. I'm going to slide it over so she can talk a little bit about herself. Hi, I'm Anamika Katoch. Uh, I work for uh, Smilo, uh, but our office is in Waterbury, so it's at the Lever Cancer Center. And we are a group of three physicians, and we see everyone. Oh, I know. I've got some friends who've uh, seen you and gotten great results, and they really talk so highly of the work that you're doing. How does all of that come together? You've got uh, the Harold Lieber Cancer Center. You've got now partners throughout Trinity, New England. You've got Smilo. How does all that come together? Well, I think that's still in the process of coming together, but I think we should see this as an opportunity really to create one comprehensive cancer network for the people in this area. I think that is the best we can do. Just to intervene, I think being part of Trinity Health New England, um, looking at our community, cancer care is one of our biggest priorities. And I think working with our community partners along with our Franklin Medical Group and the community partners, um, I think you are going to see cancer care grow and just get bigger and better um, with all the community partners we have here. And Dr. Um, Katosh actually sits on our medical executive board, and she's part of what we call our ACO. And, you know, one of the biggest things tonight for me as a physician 
liaison is to make sure that we here as a hospital open our doors to not only our Franklin Medical Group but our community partners that our physicians refer to and they refer back to us so that we can keep care here in the greater Waterbury area and work as a team to provide the best care possible and what not better than someone like Dr. Katosh because I can tell you my breast surgeons adore you she her she's an amazing oncologist and she brings expertise to our community and to their patients so you know I personally want to thank you because I know that so many patients that are part of the St. Mary's network have benefited from your care and your partner I can't Sway out Dr. Kurt Sabbath and Dr. Victor Chang. Um, incredible. And we have our own oncologist there, too. And I think uh, Dr. Madrano and Dr. Um, another Dr. Chang. We have two, yeah, Yuman Chang, as well as Dr. Bowen. And there are six of them there. And they really have always kind of worked as a whole to some degree, um, taking care of each other's patients. And we're really blessed. And I think we all know that there are so many people who used to go elsewhere for oncology, and now they're staying in the Waterbury area, and that's such a benefit to the entire community. Oh, I think it totally is, and we enjoy, uh, you know, participating care uh, with Waterbury and with both St. Mary's, and uh, we do have a very collegial relationship with Dr. Madrano and with Dr. Chang. So I think it really is, in the end, one happy family. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sure you're going to be talking to a lot of people uh, as part of the uh, dessert with the docs. A lot of people will want to talk with you and tell you what you've meant to their families and to others. So congratulations. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. I have with me one of our other community providers um, that is a partner with St. Mary's Hospital, and he's from Urology Specialist, Dr. Steven Siegel from Urology Specialist. Hi, Doc. Thank you for joining us. I'm very happy to be here. This is quite the event. You guys are doing an amazing job. What did you expect when Robin's running it? I'm more concerned about what it's going to be like when these doors open. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the yeah. This is the quiet before the storm. Yes. It really is. We, we often, as urologists, we worry about those floods happening. And, and <laughs> we usually can stop them. I'm not sure we can stop this one, though. We have some unique treats at your table, too. Absolutely. <laughs> um, as urologists, you have to have your own little sense of humor. And um, a lot of ladies believe that leaking urine could be, or going too frequently, could be a a normal part of life, but we're trying to tell them they're not, so that's why legs crossed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I've heard a lot about that procedure, and uh, tell what is that called? Well, the, the most common cut procedure yeah. we do is something called a pubovaginal sling or a transobturator tape. Mm-hmm. There are procedures to try to um, help provide support to the bladder and the urethra, so that if there is urinary leakage, there's now support in there to try to stop the, the incontinence. So, the ladies that have leakage with coughing, sneezing, laughing, that kind of thing, those are the ladies that are most helped with that. And is that common as we get older? It's certainly very common as we get older. A lot of ladies who've who've had children, that's a that's a risk factor and and also having a hysterectomy is a is a risk factor. Um, the loss of natural estrogens uh, in the vaginal tissue um, also thins the tissue out and, and makes it more susceptible to leakage. 
And it's interesting with urology because us guys, we, of course, come to you, and we have special needs, and uh, there are guys listening to this broadcast. And there are more guys here than you told me. You told me it was going to be John and I and 900 women. I see a lot of guys here. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, PSA testing, just again, we just asked about mammograms. What would you say? Absolutely, you have to have PSA testing. Uh, despite what the, the federal government is telling us about trying to avoid it, it is a simple blood test. Your doctor's getting a blood test from you anyway. There is no additional risk to adding one more test to the, to the battery of tests that your primary care physician is already getting. Um, getting it annually is our recommendation. We will, we will stick with that. Having more PSAs obtained provides more points in the line and allows a physician or, and or a urologist to make a better assessment as to whether or not a patient is truly at risk for prostate cancer. So we don't just look at one number and say, all right, this patient needs to have you know, so much more invasive testing done. We look at the, the, the history of the PSA, and that's why it's incredibly important to, to have it done. And I know you often say watchful uh, monitoring just to make certain that a patient isn't seeing a dramatic change in their numbers. Is that the most important thing, seeing a certain number and then hoping that it just doesn't escalate? Absolutely. I mean, you know, what's considered normal is anything less than four, and it would be great if the test said that everybody above four had cancer and, and everybody below four didn't have cancer, but that's certainly not the case. So we have lots of patients who have PSAs between four and ten, even patients that I follow PSAs at 20 who really? biopsied and found no cancer. So you're right. I mean, the guy that has an elevated PSA, we evaluate them. They have no cancer. The next year, we would just want to see that their PSA is about the same. If it's still elevated, that's okay. And uh, who takes uh, the guys by the hand and gets them to you? Is it the women? Absolutely. <laughs> you care about us. I know, absolutely. No, that is the case. Yeah, we certainly don't do any vasectomies without a wife there. Ah, <laughs> is it still during the NCAA tournament that all the guys have the vasectomies? Is that still the busy time? I would highly recommend that. I mean, if you're, if you're ever going to get any sympathy from your wife, it's going to be after a vasectomy. And if you, if you want to be able to spend 12 hours in a row watching basketball that is the best excuse all right oh really okay well we'll get busy that time of year thank you so much <laughs> and i have to tell you doctor, talk about march madness unbelievable and i have to tell you doctor is absolutely right i mean my uh dad his uh prostate cancer was identified because he had routine uh, psas so it's so so important to remind absolutely. the men in your life and fight for it absolutely so Hi. we are joined by another community provider this is our second time with us this is dr judith gorelick she is a female neurosurgeon which is outstanding um she's to me a kind of a superstar because her work i think is incredible she's with nos here in the greater waterbury area who was located at 500 chase parkway but she's like you also have an office in shelton that you are out of and this slide so our other office is in shelton it's on 330 bridgeport avenue that's right it's nos nos south <laughs> that's a busy area isn't it yes, down in shelton it's it quite, really is quite a nice area i think it's yeah. a really good crossroads yeah. and very convenient 
convenient for lots of people coming from various geographical areas. So why, I always wanted to ask you, why neurosurgery for a female? <laughs> you know, um, when I was an undergraduate at Cornell, I was a neuroscience, a neurobiology major, and I think that really began my interest in, uh, in the neurosciences. And um, really, there was no pivotal moment where I just kind of knew I wanted to be a neurosurgeon, if I were being very honest. But because of my neuroscience background, when I interviewed for medical school, in those years, uh, for whatever reason, I was interviewed by a num- in a number of medical schools by either a neuroscientist or a neurosurgeon who happened to be on the applicant committee. And it turned out that when I interviewed in New York, I was interviewed by a pediatric neurosurgeon and instead of my interview being 30 minutes, he said, do you want to go make rounds? And I said, okay. So I made rounds at the Rusk Institute and saw all his post-op patients. And when we were done making rounds, he said, do you want to scrub and go to the OR? I have a case. So meanwhile, I oh disappeared. I never went back to the admissions office. And that was the end of that. I scrubbed on his Isn't case. Isn't that and interesting how a mentor or somebody mentor. who really takes a special interest right. and that can direct you your entire That's career? That's exactly right. That was, that was the beginning of my foray into neurosurgery. I fell in love with, I thought I would be a pediatric neurosurgeon all my career until I had my own child in residency, and then I decided I would stick with adults. But that was really... Now, you didn't go into this because it was such an easy major. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I mean, when you think about the work, seriously, I mean, I look at the doctors who are here today, and they all seem so calm and relaxed. I I just can't imagine what you've been through to get to the point that you're at today. Well, there's no question that the training is very long and hard, and uh, in the years that I trained uh, in the 90s, we didn't have work hour restrictions the way they do today so in some ways you could sort of make the claim that you know in the good old days it was even a little bit more rigorous how many hours 16 oh no i mean we would work like about 130 hours out of a week we were on call i mean 16 a day or the time oh oh yeah you were you were in the hospital really just endless hours in those years and what today are the limitations Uh, now they have 80 hour work weeks that are mandatory they cannot work more than 80 hours so um so it's definitely changed and some people i think will say that it's probably a positive change and that there was a lot of overworking and overtired residents and training in those years but there there will be others you know the pundits who will argue the other way around that it it really kind of fostered an ownership of patients and a kind of a a, um just a a mentality of a work ethic that that may be you know changing a little bit anyway the point of the matter is it is no question that no matter what they trade before today it's a, it's a, it's it's a rough go, but you're prepared for it. You know it's going to be hard. You know, you know, what are good. the most challenging surgeries? I would say that in my career, that probably the two most challenging types of cases that I've done have been skull-based tumor cases, which have been very very comp- sometimes very complicated, involve very very intricate anatomy that's very vital for patients to. And honestly, some of the most difficult technical cases are spine, complex spine cases, actually. Um, and sometimes a spine case is a lot more difficult than uh, taking a brain tumor out. So, really? Amazing. So depending on what this is like, but they really range. And, 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 you know, even within the same case, sometimes one will just be much more difficult than a particular patient because of their particular anatomy or whatever. So. How do you relax before, honestly? I mean, how do you get enough sleep? I've always wondered this about surgeons and airline pilots. I mean, really, how do you do it? Um, well, first, I think it's always really important to prepare really well for your case. And if you're not prepared, you're not going to sleep well. Um, so one, one part is sort of mental preparation and, and being just on. Um, I, I, I think all surgeons probably, um, and probably, I don't know if patients want to hear this, but I think people who really care, surgeons who really, really care, 
of course, we, we all care, but patients who, but, but surgeons who are really, really on will have some level of kind of, you know, sleeplessness a night before a big case. I think that's just human nature. You know, you, you know what? If you care enough about your patient and you care enough about the predicted outcome of a case that you are going to be responsible for to some extent, there's always a little bit of anxiety, but I think like anything in life, isn't there like the, the performance anxiety curve? And then, oh, absolutely. Right? So absolutely. You, it's important for you to stay on the top of the curve and not <laughs> and you've got a great not lots of help teams in the OR, and um, and I think you make a bond with the patients. Before you take someone to the OR, you've already created a connection to that person. I think there's a level of trust that is important, and that just builds on itself, and, yeah. and, I, and those are all really important well, parts. Well, I'd feel we never comfortable use in her hands. I really would. And I just, I'm in awe of her. I really am in awe of her, just because, number one, the specialty in being a woman, number one. But number two, just for the person that you are and what you bring to this. So we can't thank you for being, I mean, and she's been doing so much more at St. Mary's, which we're really excited about. So, so happy to have you. So thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure so to meet thank you. Thank you. Enjoy tonight. Enjoy. Have fun. That's right. Have fun. Have fun. Uh, nice to meet you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Know, you know, one thing is with the medical field, I mean, these people are just so serious about what they do oh, and yeah. so good at it. It's amazing, really, when you think about their preparation. It's incredible. It's incredible. And we were just joined Bye, by Julie. one of our other community physicians, Dr. Neil Schiff, who is part of Connecticut ENT. Hi, Doc. Hi. How are you? I'm going to slide this over. So this is Dr. Schiff's first time with dessert with the dog. What do you think? You know what? I was in the other room with all the women over there. There's like 8 million women in there. Unbelievable. Married. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, this is great. This is very impressive. You know, it's a nice turnout for people. It's a nice turnout from the hospital. It's a nice turnout for uh, all the docs that are here. So it's really very nice. You know, it's springtime. Lots of people are thinking with uh, ear, nose, and throat about uh, allergies. What would you say to those who are suffering and listening oh, to us? This tree pollen season right now, it's a killer. It's a killer. It's one of the worst in a long time. Actually, each year, if you look at back historically, has been getting worse and worse. Everything is, well, how is that possible? Well, it turns out pollens are increasing more and more. Air pollution is a situation too. We're getting our air comes over from New Jersey and New York, it's not the best quality air, and it comes over to Connecticut. That's the prevailing curse. Pollen travels one to two hundred miles, you know. And right now, the tree pollen is a killer. It was cold in March, right? Remember, we got that early, like we thought February was going to be so warm. It was in the 60s, you know. March was a killer. A lot of snow, very cold. So the trees that normally pollinate earlier in, in March and in early April were holding off. And all of a sudden, as soon as it started to get warm, they hit with a bang. So the last three weeks, we've been getting, you know, a huge onslaught. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And so people are coming to you. What are they looking for in terms of relief? Oh, they want to feel better, you know. They, they, they got, you know, they got all the symptoms. They got post-nasal drip. They got allergic eye irritation. They got nasal congestion. They got cough, sore throat, sinus infections. And a lot of them have been on all sorts of medications already because all of it's over-the-counter now, right? Over-the-counter antihistamines and decongestants and steroid nasal sprays. Those are the foundation treatments that we have, but that's not working. And they're doubling up and tripling up on different therapies, so they want to go to the next level. But luckily, we can do that. In, in our office, we do immunotherapy, so we do allergy testing. We have two nurse allergists that do all the testing in the office. So they come to see us, and we can evaluate them. We can manage them. We can test them. They come back after testing, and we can treat them. And 
we're lucky to we do immunotherapy, uh, which is either allergy shots, we call subcutaneous immunotherapy, or we do the allergy drops, which is known as sublingual immunotherapy or SLIT. There's not that many practices in the state of Connecticut that are doing sublingual immunotherapy. Yep. Yep. I think we actually have the biggest sublingual immunotherapy practice around um, when we looked at some of the numbers recently. So we're very busy with that. Patients love the drops. Allergy drops under the tongue. Yeah, Once a day, absolutely. you do yourself at home. No needles. <laughs> you don't have to come to the doctor and wait 20 minutes. There's, it's super, super safe. No chance of any anaphylactic reaction. So patients do really great with that. So that's another option. And then, you know, if they have other problems, including nasal obstruction, if they have sinusitis, you know, we can evaluate and treat that too. So they kind of get you know, one-stop shopping. What about your balloon sinus procedure? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's for patients with nasal obstruction and sinus obstruction, that's not responding to medical concerns, recurrent headaches, spatial pain, and pressure. What we can do now, the technology that we have now is in the office under local anesthesia, we can advance balloons into their sinus opening and, and enlarge those openings. So if the opening is a millimeter in diameter, we can open it up to six millimeters in diameter, which doesn't really sound too much like it's that much bigger, but it's actually 36 times bigger if you, if you remember your math. Remember, right? <laughs> pi, right? The area of a circle is pi r squared. Oh, no. Is he going to test me on this? Math, oh, right? no. Yeah, but it's pi r squared. <laughs> so it's 36 times the increase of, you know, in, in area if you can balloon a a sinus open from one millimeter to six millimeters at the opening. So that's really been quite great. We do it in the office under local anesthesia. Yeah. Patients really have had nice results. Some patients who have had chronic headache and facial pain and sinus trouble for years without relief, antibiotics over and over, oral steroids, nasal steroids. Mm. Now we have a procedure in the office. It's almost like a dental procedure. We give them a little bit of pain medication up front and sometimes a little like one Valium or something so they feel pretty good, you know. <laughs> We are located right downtown on the Green in Waterbury, uh, one exchange place, also 21 West Main Street is the official address. We're in the old Bank of America building. Yeah, the new green. Yeah, the new green. I know they got and then the all the kids coming over from Yukon who are going to be staying in the new apartments. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> exactly. We have parking in our garage right underneath the building, so it's, it's great. Thank you for having me. Ah, great. Great stuff. We have more to talk about. So we maybe book you for another show. All right. You can't tell Dr. Byer, though. He likes doing it. You might have to fight over it. Okay. <laughs> Dr. Neil Schiff. Great to talk with you. Well, there. We're almost wow, done Wow. We're almost wow. out of what time. What happened with that? I